Ladies, gentlemen, Thermians, and fellow Questarians, welcome to the only podcast celebrating the 1999 epic space adventure comedy, A Galaxy Quest. I'm Alex. I'm RJ. I'm Austin. And we are three grown-ass men just talking about Galaxy Quest. Today we'll be starting with a special announcement before answering all of your most burning galaxy questions. You're listening to By Grab Thar's Hammer, What a Podcast. Let's do it. Never give up. Never Never give give up. Never surrender. By Grab Thar's Hammer. What a podcast. Welcome to another episode of By Grab Thar's Hammer, What a Podcast. We are so excited to begin today's episode with a very special right. announcement. We need an announcement song. Like announcement a song. Ready? Play. Alex, what's the big announcement? Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to be included in this year's Sci-Fi Spectacular 2016 taking place on Saturday, April 9, right here in Chicago. It's an all-day event where they're screening movies from noon until God knows when, and we decided to contact them to see if a little movie called A Galaxy Quest was going to be playing. Turns out it wasn't really on their list. (laughs) It wasn't even in their top ten. But it is now. Uh, Lo and behold, (laughs) they will be screening Galaxy Quest, and guess who will be introducing the live showing and who? screening. I don't know who. The team who from would, By Grab Dar's Hammer, What a Podcast, will be on hand to introduce the live screening of Galaxy Quest at the Sci-Fi Spectacular, as well as conduct a live podcast taping, which we'll be doing uh, intermittently, throughout intermittently throughout the day. Throughout the day. I, we, we, we will have a setup at the theater. It's taking place at the Patio Theater in Chicago, Illinois. The Patio Theater, we actually did a little bit of research. It's an it's actually a beautiful it's theater. It's way bigger than I thought. It's going to be really out of place. Yeah. So the Patio Theater is at 6 6008 West Irving Park Road. But no one's going to remember that. Check our website. All the Galaxy Quest information. We'll be posting all the information on the Sci-Fi Festival. The link for all the ticket information we will be posting on the Tumblr page and our Facebook page. So make sure you check that out because you will want to check these tickets out in advance. I think once you start announcing these films, people are just going to be lining up at the door. Okay, we got Galaxy Quest. Well, you know, like we were talking about, we we were sold in before we even got Galaxy Quest on the bill because the first two films they had announced were a little film called Blade Runner, Uh, personal favorite of mine. Austin in college was a film student. It was the least practical film studies you could do. What was it? Film theory? Film. Well, film and media studies is technically the degree, but I for whatever reason, went down the film theory rabbit hole. As, as opposed, opposed to, to actual practical yeah, as filmmaking. as opposed to film production. Film theory is just worthless. <laughs> but absolutely I do remember worthless. living with Austin at the time that Austin, it seems like every other night, was watching the movie Blade Runner. This is true. And wrote, I can at least name a half a dozen papers that you wrote on Blade well, Runner. More than that, for sure. More than that. I mean, the Blade Runner was already my favorite film. And then once it came time to you'd have to pick a film and really dissect it, I, I could tell you everything about Austin that Austin majored in Blade Runner film studies. But I tell you what, by the end of my college career, I was getting A's on those Blade Runner papers. Tell you what, man. I, I think Austin, I I Austin just wrote, Austin wrote one paper and then submitted it I didn't nine go different to school, times. No, this is, I just watched Blade Runner and wrote papers. I didn't actually go to school. Yeah, what are you talking about? So, I, I printed my own that. degree. I designed it. Technically, I'm still Needless in to say, this will not be Austin's first time seeing Blade Runner. No, no. But, but maybe the first time excited. on a big screen? 
no, I have seen it in a big screen during college. They showed it at a theater in town, but not here in Chicago, not a, a theater this big and this beautiful looking. So I'm very excited. But second best, dude, film I can't of wait. All time. Oh, I can't wait. You know, when we when we talked about starting a podcast about a, a movie and they were like, let's get specific, do a movie like one movie. And we settled on Galaxy Quest. There was one other film. This was on the short list. One to be fair, we did not settle. That's true. We <laughs> no one settled here. There was no settling involved. But there was one other film that still is a very high possibility for us starting another podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. RJ, what film are we talking about? Uh, it's a little tiny movie you might have heard of from John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, uh, right. Big Trouble in Little China will be on the big screen. I went one year as Jack Burton to a Halloween party. Like I had a friend draw the design with Sharpies on a tank top because I didn't want to buy one. The design of the tank top? I don't like I would only oh, know I would how say. to describe the film. Uh fantasy adventure, very fantastic. The plot I believe is just a straight up truck driver gets drawn into a mystical But that's the thing, yeah, it's very supernatural. Chinese battle of light and dark magics. One of the all-time great monologues with old Jack Burton. Every single one of them. The whole All credit scene is just him with, it doing monologues. With a wonderful monologue. I found I have it. Can oh, I read it? Oh, please. Jack Burton, come on. I mean, might as well. I don't I do want to spoil this, the movie. I do but. this in the mirror at night when I'm going to bed. <laughs> I just stare at myself. When some wild-eyed eight-foot, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against the barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you, "You paid your dues." You just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that: "Have you paid your dues, Jack?" "Yes, sir." The check's in the mail. Big trouble. Seeing this on a big screen is going to be a bucket list for me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. My bucket list is skydiving and then Big Trouble in Little China on, on a big, big screen. screen. Yeah, and honestly, so when we saw Blade Runner and Big Trouble in Little China were going to be screened, we were like, I'm in. Let's go. We're going for sure. They've been fleshing out the list, and we now have confirmed films for the Sci-Fi Spectacular 2016. We have Blade Runner, Big Trouble in Little China, a movie called Beast from 200... Shit. 20,000. 20,000. 20, I don't know that movie. I'm excited to watch but it. I'm excited to see some new films. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. Yep. that. They are doing a couple silent short films, one called A, a Trip to Jupiter is a silent film. However, it is being accompanied with live organs. I'm really excited for that. actually going to be dope. And then they've announced, recently announced two more films, a great film called The Man Who Fell to Earth. One of yes. David Bowie. One of the yeah. best David Bowie films. If you haven't seen that already, definitely come and make sure you plan to stick around for that as well. It's a great film. David Bowie plays an alien and he nails it because he, he I played think himself he, basically. I think he is an alien. <laughs> so it's a, and, then, an alien. and then the final movie which was just, announced, just announced what yeah. it's not on the list here what? another no. film that I don't know this one I, I know Austin and I not to um, speak too on your behalf but Austin belief. and I grew up with this movie Westworld. Oh shit! <laughs> that was a long, is that real? Really building the suspense. I thought you, well, I thought you were going to announce it. Uh, well, no, I honestly, for it. for a split second, I thought you were going to say Demolition Man, <laughs> and I got really excited because that's be one of my incredible. favorite, like one of our favorite movies. When, the day incredible. we get to host our own film festival, it'll be we're going to show Demolition Man three times three in a row. Times. Galaxy Quest, and then in maybe with Westworld also. Westworld is another one growing up with Dad that we would watch on the regular, and this one with Yul Brynner. Yul Brenner, if, if you're not familiar, he was a he was an actor that was known for doing Western gunslinging roles. Mm -hmm. But Westworld, he did a play off of that. 
He plays a robot in this animatronic amusement park. In the future. A robot that goes yeah. awry in the future where people come to these resorts. And Yul Brenner is kind of the precursor to Terminator, I would say. He, he's yeah, essentially uh, doing what Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of does a, as a the ro- Terminator. A rogue robot. Very, yeah. very Terminator-esque. Like, as in even, like, slow walking, like, but still is chasing the main character around even though they're walking really slow and just really ominous and scary. It's gritty and it's great sci-fi, but it has that '70s charm of a bit of cheese to it. A little, say. little bit of cheese. Mm-hmm. I re- recently rewatched it though, and it aged remarkably well. There's only a couple scenes that you're like, ah, it's a little dated. The first time I saw it, I was actually just really into westerns at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'd never seen Westworld, so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna check out this, and I was like, oh shit. There is a song by Big Trouble. <laughs> the a little there's cheese. a song. Big Trouble. That the lead singer of the band Pavement put out a solo record maybe a decade ago, one of many solo records. Steve Malkmus was his name, I believe. He released a song called JoJo's Jacket about Yul Brenner. It's a super rad song, and he talks all about Westworld in the song. Is the big hook. Big trouble in little China. Yul Brenner. Back to Big Trouble. If you haven't watched the music video for the theme song of Big Trouble, which... The Big Trouble in Little China, the theme song was written by John Carpenter. He did mm-hmm. the soundtrack. And performed. You've got to watch the music video. Can we can we get a link up on the Tumblr? Yeah, we we'll post the link. link. We it's amazing. We'll get our intern it's on it. It's absolutely incredible. Find it on YouTube. You, it will be your new favorite YouTube video. So again, if you do live in Chicago, you should honestly think about coming out. It's going to be a wonderful day of incredible sci-fi films and a beautiful theater. And like we said, we will be there on hand with a booth. Like I've never had a booth at a <laughs> convention. We're going to be tabling. We'll be, we had a table. Do we have to bring our own I table, think that's do you the industry think? Term. I think we're that table. Yeah, we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, we do. It. That was part of the deal. We have to bring Oh, so we're going to have to buy a folding. Uh, if, if anyone has, has a folding table. table big enough for three men and some uh, mic equipment. All right. See you at the patio theater. So a long time ago, we gave out some information about how to contact us and encouraged you to write in with any galaxy questions. And now we have some to answer. All right. All right. Let's take a minute to answer some galaxy questions. Doesn't understand. Explain as you would a child. There's a lot of questions and a lot of just points. Yeah. For, just so we got a couple emails from one person named Tony. So we're going to go through his mostly today. We encourage you to write in more and we'll give you some contact info in a bit. But his first point was Thermian females. We had our guest Mike on talking about the relationship between, between Lilari and Fred Kwan mm-hmm. and how we're like, are there Thermian females? Because they're just reproducing what mm. they saw on Galaxy Quest. We couldn't figure out if in the Thermian race there were multiple sexes or if it was all just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you really only see a couple uh, female Thermians in the in, in the, the movie. movie. In yeah, the movie. there's only a couple shown. Uh, Tony pointed out that Lilari does mention the females being enslaved in the scene right when Tim Allen first is on the Protector 2 hungover and he doesn't know he's on a spaceship yet. Arceris is the bad guy, right? Oh, yes, sir. He's a very bad man indeed. He has tortured our scientists, put us to work in the gallium arsenide mm-hmm. mines, captured our females for his mm-hmm. own demented purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very quickly, just in passing. Just a quick line. He, uh, Tim Allen wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Tony was listening. Tony, thank you so very that's a much good, for answering that question. That's a good notice. Now, uh, are there more than I, one yeah. sex? 
I, is I, there they, a male, female, and then something that we're just not even aware of in the Thermian race? I don't know. Some third gender that we're, we just don't understand? Well, they definitely didn't mention it. They didn't mention it, so not, we, we can speculate really wildly. It. I would imagine there are upwards of six different genders in the <clears> Thermian race. Up to six. I would say eight. Each tentacle has a different gender. Okay. Yeah, so like each... each you know like how in Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock's arms had like different personalities? Wait, they did? <laughs> yeah, you guys ever watched the behind-the-scenes shit on Spider-Man 2? No, I don't think I knew that. Guys, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know, you know, I'm very familiar with the film, but I had no idea. I'm familiar that with that Doc Ock. I didn't know each there, one. So there is a whole... This is a big tangent. There is a whole, like, behind-the-scenes thing with uh, Alfred Molina talking about, you know, because they actually made those arms, and they were fucking super cool, and he talks about how they had names for each one. Oh, really? And, and, like, if you... And then they each had different personalities, and when you watch... And he explains it, because there's one that, like put sunglasses on him there's one that's a cool tentacle yeah there's like they they have like different it's very funny to watch we'll is have to post cool a link to it or is he outside it's like the it's the uh, there's tentacle yeah there's one there's one that's in charge one there's like on. one that's more playful there's one that's One's like real more angry well i feel like i remember one tentacle in particular being the one that was the aggressive one the yeah aggressive so they each they had their own like personality and he that's how they would they were meant to uh, but yeah, there's, there's probably the females around. Yeah. So now it's confirmed that we missed, there was a line that we've missed after on the 30 viewings. Yes, that we've done. The 30 viewings. We didn't pick up that there are other female thermians. There's a lot of layers to this onion. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for pointing us out. Uh, secondly, he mentioned the tools that the thermians have. So when the rest of the crew show up on the ship, right after they've been shot through space and they're all standing on this pad, like freaked out and you hear all the thermian noises coming through the door mm. three thermians in their squid form without yeah. their show up with generator. all these fucking tools and tony's question was wtf are the thermians doing with those tools when the whole crew first arrives is one of them a lint brush <laughs> oh, <laughs> that scene is funny because i like like he said what are the tools you watch it and you don't know what the tools are and that's the funny part it's these yeah. random alien space tools that they kind of probe them i feel like that's the play off of like the alien probe scenario yeah. of you get abducted by an alien what's the they... scariest thing that could happen exactly. to these people like, right now what, after being shot through do? space yeah, if an alien gets a hold of a human they're gonna do some because there's one one actually in uh daryl mitchell his, they stick a thing in his ear mm-hmm. like it looks like it looks a little like gun a, yeah it's like a little but it's probably i would assume medical equipment because that system of Covering yourself in goo and being shot through space is probably a little shocking on your yeah. traumatic. But what I like about person. it is the tools, they don't ever really do anything. They don't no. really touch them with it. They just kind of hover around them in their faces with these tools. And it's clear it's just a joke off of like one, yeah, one was definitely technology. We just watched it and I picked one of them was definitely a Pez dispenser. And then one of them was a sander. And I think what it was was they, because the, the aliens didn't actually use the tools when they examined the humans. I think one of them was in a workshop. Sanding something down, building something. Are you are you just making had this, this up right now? Yes. Oh, oh, spec. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, then the we pot, don't know what the tools are. The pot, no, well, no, you know, I like no. you just you just you were just going. I was like, what? what like, the wait, hell's, you got that from yeah, the scene we just like, watched? I was like, I watched that same well, scene. Well, you gotta have one of them. What, what were they doing? What, well, well the one of them was uh, cooking chicken wings. They had little tongs that they were clamping in front of Sigourney Weaver's face. Yeah. So, so welcome to the segment. Oh, I don't know. What do you think they're doing? So I like that. <laughs> I think that's one classy. I I didn't know that's what we were about to do. I'm into it. Though. I I can speculate. Sure. I think one of them was uh, is a car wash. Did you see the? Yeah, it was that yeah, the spinning one in front of guys. I thought that was he was cleaning his uh, miniature car. 
Yeah, I, I think know. this is exactly what the writer of this film meant when he put those tools S- in. Speculation yeah, on the that tools. One was a sander and one was he in a wanted, car wash. Right when people get out of the theater, he wanted his, the, all their friends to be like, hey, guys, what were those tools all like, about? That was a fun movie, but what were those tools, what were those tools about? Yeah. So all Mystery three of the, the Thermians that show up in that scene were individually doing their own personal projects. And then showed up because people arrived and they wanted yeah, to Yeah, humans them. unexpectedly were... Someone in the ship knew that the humans were coming, so they beamed them there. But those three individual Thermians didn't have any idea that humans those were going to be there. They were caught off guard. Thermians run the transport room, and they were off doing their own personal projects. Which would also explain why they, they showed up without break. the human form. They, yeah, they're like, they oh, had, shit, man, sorry, we forgot our... We were off. I was in the middle of something. Sorry, I was building I a table. expecting a human. Our most sincere apologies. We forgot about our appearance generators. So you guys came. Who wants the grand tour? And as soon as the Thermians activate their appearance generators, they all just drop the tools on the ground. So whatever they were doing wasn't that important. You know what else I just kind of realized? Toolman does show up at the end of that scene. I don't know that until they show the former commander being tortured that Tim Allen's character ever sees the squid form. Oh, that's, that's true. what you're saying. Because he, he walks into the room and he gets on the ship and he's like, he woke up on the ship hungover. He has no idea that they're squid people. <laughs> I like that idea. Until that he, the dinner scene where they show know. the commander being tortured. Yeah, yeah the only alien know. Tim Allen had seen was Saris, Saris. on the screen. Mm. Number Question number two from Tony. Tony's got some good questions. Here. Tony did a lot of in-depth this is research a good one. on this. What is the deal with Fred's character arc? It seems backwards to me. He is the only one who is totally cool with everything when they arrive, arrive on the ship. Then eventually he breaks down and can't handle anything and needs the huge pep talk during the rock monster fight. Great point, Tony. Great point, uh, Tony. Yes. When Tony... Uh, when, when Tony, Tony Shalhoub... When Tony Shalhoub... Tony Shalhoub slash Fred Kwan. When Fred Kwan first arrives on the ship with the rest of the, uh, the castmates, shipmates, he definitely is the only one who is fine with traveling through space like they all just did. He lands yeah. and he's like, that was a hell of a thing. He's pretty cool about a hell it. Of a thing. And as it, as it progresses and he gets under pressure of being in charge of what he's supposed to be doing on, on the ship... Being an expert in out. like yeah. fucking... Star Trek science. So back to, I think, our theories. What, what, what do we think happened here, guys? My guess is, and they allude to this in the film, even Sam Rockwell asks Tony Shalhoub, Fred Kwan, he says, are you stoned? Which might be the scene. best punchline of his whole character Yeah, arc. because he acts super stoned and he's eating. He's got the munchies the entire time. I think, yeah, it's, an, it's, an, it's implied that his character is high. My guess is that Tony Shalhoub, when he's beamed onto the ship, is stoned out of his mind, super chill. Mm-hmm. By the time the drugs start wearing off halfway through the... St- the film he's paranoid and freaking out mm-hmm. and that's right when he's called upon to rescue tim allen from the rock monster i mean this that that theory is probably it that's true it's, it's airtight there's me. definitely a deep character issue because they talk about him being like he's he's kind of the burnout one mm-hmm. like he was the one who you know tim allen says it in like the pep talk you never hit mr mark yeah like you never forgot a line you were just solid as fuck and you can clearly tell he just failed acting burned out yeah stoned all the time stoned munching, all the time. <laughs> munching. Which, and munching what i think is yeah he was probably pretty tuned up when he gets there and everything's cool because no one really expects anything from him this is just like i'm having a day this is fun yeah but then once people need him like there's responsibility put on him that he starts like panicking having a yeah. panic attack 
So it's his his character arc. Well, it well Tony said it does seem backwards. It's really him become be re becoming the man he once was without the use of drugs <laughs> or with it. Maybe he's just high the whole time. Just we don't on. know what he was doing. Yeah, we don't know what he was doing in that. He just needed room. some high stress situations, and he found love. He that's found love. love. Love is, is his drug anyway. because that's the 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 last thing that happens before he zips up his uniform and really fucking becomes Tech Sergeant Chen. Yeah, he falls in love. Is there's that the foggy like with, look at Lilari eye contact thing? He's like, all right, I'm back. Little ro- romance filter on. The I've always said Galaxy Quest is one of the best anti-drug movies that I've ever seen. I've you been think? Saying that. I, I would say so, and I think that Tony Shalhoub's character art kind of represents that. But I, I do support your theory because when they when they get teleported up at the spaceship, they're leaving a the tech. They're leaving the, the tech store that just opened. Yes, the tech store. So yeah, he's stoned. He's gonna go do a promo at a tech store. Well, and and he's honestly, high there. He's <laughs> high half the movie because. The, and if you haven't noticed this, please watch it again and just watch Tony Shalhoub. He's always eating every single scene. Yeah, and he's always in a good mood. And he's always in a good Like, <laughs> they go to find the beryllium sphere, and he has a fucking brown bag. Yeah, <laughs> just eating snacks. He just brought snacks. Yeah. Either way, Tony, Tony Shalhoub had a great character arc. Yeah. It well, might have been a little backwards, but it was a little backwards, but it was what he needed. It was, yeah, a it was, like, it was like a Tarantino uh, nonlinear storyline for Tony Shalhoub's character. Weapons tech. Tony brought up another point. Did the bad guys buy their guns from Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element? <laughs> How many settings do all those guns have? Quillick gets a pinhole puncture after getting shot, and Saris superheats and blows into a party popper. Which G- Great point. Great, great point, point, Tony. Well, if they were smart, they would have asked about what the red button does. <laughs> so the Thermians do have, like, phasers, whatever their equivalent of phasers are, because yeah. they have weapons. True. And that's the one that the chompers breaks and is just filled with goo. That's the one that at the end, Tim Allen shoots Saris that's with. That's true, and they explode. And then the pinhole is actually one of Saris's men have like these big rifles. Yeah. And so those are two different weapon styles. Very true. So that would explain the and different... two different alien races, weapons, yeah. altogether. Because, and that's the thing, that the Thermians designed their blasters after the Galaxy Quest show. Yeah. So I kind of like how Ceres is this very comically a TV show, like, he just poof, and he's gone. Yeah. Like, that's probably they what designed. it looked like when they killed an alien In on Galaxy show. Quest, the show. Yeah, they were and it also makes sense. Their their weaponry is smaller, more practical, but it also packs a power punch. It's some sort of, like, plasma weapon. Mm-hmm. And it would make more sense to have a more technologically advanced weapon for the Thermians. Because the Thermians are more technologically Yes, they advanced. are. And Ceres' race is definitely more primitive, and they more have these big barbaric... Machine guns And military-based, Big military-based sure. military guns. It's more an assault rifle, which is funny. Back to Fifth Element, the race, the alien race in Fifth Element that has the similar guns... It looks also so, so look, similar. And they look exactly the same. They look <laughs> they just, like the Those same are just this race, race of aliens that are the bad guys in all sci-fi theory, movies. Same universe. Theory, same no universe. No way! Without a Think doubt. Think about that. Okay, Galaxy Quest happens, mm-hmm. and then Fifth Elements in the future, same alien race, same universe. Did we just discover something? Yeah, I buy it completely. My God. Oh we my will expand God. on this, but for now, I think we can definitively state that Galaxy Quest and the Fifth Element are in the same, are are in the the same, same universe. universe. Just we like can, um, We just confirmed it here. Alien and Blade Runner? Is that... Was that yeah, that's actually supposed to be a thing, too. Yeah, Alien Wayland. Blade Runner. We're getting real nerdy over real here. Real nerdy. Uh, on. One other fact Tony brought up 
he did a lot of research, which I commend him for. The science fact, we talked about the beryllium spheres a bit, like there's some bullshit a writer made up. Turns out beryllium's real. <laughs> Turns out. We didn't thing. take chemistry. Uh, but the beryllium, a beryllium sphere of a type was actually used to make the first nuclear bombs and could theoretically be involved in powering a reactor of some kind. He copied some science that I'm not going to read the whole thing of, but I will start with the six kilogram sphere of bomb grade plutonium was surrounded by two half spheres of beryllium, which was a neutron reflector. Now, Tony didn't cite any sort of source for this information. We so could email him back and know, ask for well, the article. For all we know, Tony may be an astrophysicist or scientist. Could be. And he wrote this definition for us. It's two full paragraphs of science terms. I did read through it and I stopped it after the first sentence because none of the other stuff I, makes. You know, I think. The science checks out for me. Or or Tony had just made all that up and he's Or it's us. the plot of that Keanu Reeves movie, Chain, Chain Reaction. Reaction with uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman? Yeah, Morgan Freeman plays God in that, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> As he usually does. Uh, but good on you for doing the science research. I've got a theory. I've and got I, a theory about Morgan Freeman. I've got a couple. All right, Alex, what's your theory? Then we'll get to Austin. <laughs> about beryllium spheres. And we brought this up in a previous episode when our guests Dennis and PJ were on. Mm-hmm. And we talked about what are the odds that on the TV show where they created beryllium spheres as a plot device. As a, as a for mode the TV of show, power for the ship. For powering their ships. What are the odds that in real life, in deep outer space, when the uh, actors are beamed up to space and they have to help the Thermians, what are the odds that there actually existed beryllium spheres in the real world also? As like when they find the, the mine, yeah, the beryllium we, mine? Yeah, we, we, we chalk that up to being a major plot hole for us, a bit of a distraction. Now, here's a new theory. My guess now is that at some point in time, one of the writers for the Galaxy Quest TV show was previously beamed into outer space for his own ah, intergalactic oh, space adventure. Ah, you, you had on me his, uh, on no, a fucking hook for that story. Yeah. He went on some sort of a space adventure, was sent back to Earth, mm-hmm. and then later wrote Galaxy Quest, the TV show, which would explain how he knew about beryllium spheres and okay. what they would look like and what their possible use could be. So your theory is that a writer of the fictional galaxy the fictional writer of the fictional Galaxy Quest TV show had been to outer space. Yes. So that when he invented beryllium spheres for a fake show It was he knew they he were was actually using real. So you think this isn't the first time this scenario no. has happened. What if this has happened multiple times? And the, the, the Thermians obviously didn't say that in the movie. Maybe that scene was cut. Maybe it wasn't the Thermians. Maybe it was a different race altogether. Maybe the writer was an alien. Maybe they're still here. Hello, yeah. <laughs> I like it. The options. That, stop. I think you just described the plot of the new TV show. I kind of like this section we're doing of, it's a speculation. where we I do like the wild speculation. Make up random shit. I'm into it, though. It's real good. It's a regular thing. Tony also sent... Some trivia our way. Oh, uh, one that we haven't really you. talked about. So Daryl Mitchell, who plays the young character in the TV show, who's the pilot, is actually three years older than Sam Rockwell. So Sam Rockwell was just a crewman on the old show. So theoretically, he should be much, much older. And in real life, he's three years younger. Sam Rockwell is? Yes, actually, Sam Rockwell yeah. was actually born in, in 1968. Daryl... Chill, Chill Mitchell, Chill. 1965. 
Chill, that is real middle name? Yes. Uh, uh, well, it's in quotation marks. It's, in quotation, so, it's his nickname. So no. That's his nickname. Yeah. He goes by Chill. He goes by Chill. He was in a, a hip-hop band. We just looked this up on IMDb. Oh, yeah, hip-hop yeah. Band. Chill, huh? We'll do a whole episode on him. I feel uh, like we'll there, get to that eventually. There's a lot going on there. I will Very say guy. in that same point, whenever they show the original TV show and he's a, a kid, he's like a young little kid, mm-hmm. flash forward, they're at the convention, the The rest of the crew did not age accordingly to how much he aged. If, I agree with that. Because technically, and we've talked about this, 18 years. 18, 18, oh, year yeah, gap. 18 years. Well, then, you know, I guess that'd be right. But they don't look 18 years older. Tim mm-hmm. Allen's Gorney, their they characters. Look- yeah. But hey, checks out. Okay. Good Got casting, it. though. It was good, good casting. casting. And they played it well. All right. And I think that's, that's about it from Tony. He had some other thoughts, some of which we've covered before. But we encourage anyone and everyone, write in if you have any questions, thoughts, if you want to correct our incomplete thoughts. I like the idea that we're asking people to write in to correct things that we haven't gathered from the movie that we are doing a podcast over. Hey man, I like how every question we get, we're like, oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> At this point, the podcast viewings, is a challenge for other people yeah, try to, to teach us, us about the movie. Yeah, and then I feel like... For all they know, we could be making all this up. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Tony, when he's like pointing out three things that we didn't know, it's like, what are these guys doing? They're doing a podcast on this movie, and I picked up things from my first viewing that they haven't picked up. Feel free to contact us and argue with Austin on that point (laughs) at bghpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at bghpod, on Facebook. uh, You can find us at facebook.com backslash podcast, and then bghpodcast.tumblr.com, which we will also be posting fun stuff too. Uh, Lastly, Tony had a little line in here I'd like to read because it made me laugh and it was very supportive. Love the show. Love the idea. We'll continue listening, and not just because RJ is my brother. Yeah. So I'd like to thank my brother, Tony, for writing in <laughs> thank and you, spending Tony way too much time Classic. doing this dumb thing that we're also doing. Thanks, Tony. Thanks. We want to close out with our Galaxy Quest haiku submitted from Captain Obvious, or Tony Shalaki, our Galaxy Question writer this episode, reads as follows. Don't forget to buy the Galaxy Quest t-shirt on your way out. Woo. Never give up. Never surrender. Don't forget to buy the Galaxy Quest t-shirt on your way out. Thank you. Woo!